This is Timmy Black, and welcome once again to another episode of The Lives of Contemporary Artists. Now, here's a riddle for you. Is it possible? Is it possible for a person, an an educated person, a smart person, a worldly person, to actually lose their intelligence? That's the question elegantly posed by the Slovenian conceptual artist Tata Boskova. Now, I recently saw this remarkable online exhibition hosted by the Museum of Contemporary Art in Limousin, a place already well known for staging extremely cutting-edge works of art. The show was called I Mourn the Loss of Your Agency, and it deals with mm, what you might call um, what you might call the, the voluntary abdication of intellectual agility among people of privilege. Now, before you collectively roll your eyes and steady yourselves for yet another tiresome exercise of privilege checking, trust me, I'll spare you that. Not because I don't have great sympathy for introspection in the service of empathy, but simply because I too am tired of these virtuous market-tested cliches that are so vague and so general that they can safely and righteously inoculate themselves from any serious form of dissent or or scrutiny. So much for woke culture on my end. Okay, I, I just said that. I admit it. Timmy Black just said that. So go ahead. Go ahead and start the boycotts. Start them right now. You start the boycotts. I'll start with the rituals of public contrition. We all know the dance. Uh, let me just offer my first in a long series of apologies to come. Let me offer my first. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry I was on medication. I'm stressed. I'm insensitive. I'm receiving counseling. Okay. Are we good? Good. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah. Tata Boskova at Moka Limousin. Now, I'm sure most of my listeners are already familiar with Tata's work. Just just before the pandemic, she turned a a few heads here in L.A. with this performance where she stood in front of a seventh grade class at one of our Tonier private schools here on the west side and read aloud from cover to cover, including the advertisements, an entire issue of the New York Times. If you haven't seen the video, you should check it out on on YouTube. It's really very, very funny, but also very, very poignant. Anyway, this new piece, I Mourn the Loss of Your Agency, is very similar in tone, though this time its intended audience is a, a little bit older. Now, the basic idea comes from Netflix. It's really, it's really very simple, and I know that you're all very familiar with the model, just like Netflix and all these other, what do they call them, those rag-picking attention merchants. We all know how they do business. We all know how our opinions and tastes are harvested, are predicted by our carefully monitored 
online history. And through simple analytics, our habits and inclinations are analyzed in order to perpetuate our past on an endless hamster wheel of ossified tastes, opinions, and points of view. Now, thanks to these, what do they call these, um, these platforms, intellectual growth is now an ec economic dead letter. There's just no money to be made in intellectual growth. And whatever flexibility you might have entertained in your callow youth has now turned into a hardened stool. I mean, face it, no matter how hip, how cool you pretend to be, you've probably been watching variations of the same documentaries of the you will now become indignant, outraged, and ultimately uplifted genre, and you've probably been binging on the same cleverly arch, episodic, indie-like drama comedy thing over and over and over and over and over again. Now, Boscova's brilliance, let's get back to Boscova. Boscova's brilliance is that She's able to illustrate how our obedient Pavlovian streaming, our, our mindless smartphone finger fondling, even our highly curated yet censorious spam folder housekeeping has, through sensorial insulation, has made reasonable, intelligent people afraid, even terrified, of the boredom of slow, complex, uncomfortable conversation. She, she does this with, with, with this terrific installation that combines lots of texts and a very special video. Now she begins with the observation that only the genius of a website like brainyquotes.com could turn Walt Whitman's famous multitudes into, into an embarrassing platitude. Mitata traveled the world interviewing white-collar, college-educated, professionally employed people. I don't know, people of, people of, yes, people of privilege. And she recorded these conversations on her phone and she basically ended up with collecting in, in what seems like 200 different languages, people using the phrase, I don't want to talk about that. That's too upsetting. I mean, it, it was uncanny. So many people from so many places with so much privilege finding the same difficulty in speaking about the same finite topics. I mean, everyone was willing to talk about, I don't know, uh, I don't know, fat and, and carbs and, 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 and their ideal weight. They, they all eagerly spoke of their annoying bosses or their annoying employees. They talked about their in-laws, their hair, their, their recipe for heart-shaped butter cookies. But the conversation always got dicey every time Boscova brought up something, well, something that she found interesting. People got testy. They, they got testy at the mention of, say, I don't know, the, uh, the, the unreliable narrator or, or, or the melting ice caps or the, or the International Criminal Court in The Hague. 
or is it their hug? I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, f f folks actually got passively aggressive when Boscova tried to bring up things like the politics of, of, of Belarus or Hong Kong, or, or when she mentioned her love of, of minimalist sculpture or the movies of Jean-Luc Godard. She recorded these conversations, these mindless streams of consciousness where seemingly well-educated people talked passionately about their diets or, or the way their sleeping patterns were recorded nightly on their Fitbits. F folks got emotional when discussing the rivalries they suffer at work or, or the minor de developmental achievements of their school-aged children. But when she brought up things like, I don't know, like books, people got pissed. <laughs> well, she basically, she basically left all this audio, and she has tons of it, she left it all unedited. And what she did with it is she used it as a soundtrack. Basically, basically she superimposed it over iconic documentary footage. You know, things like, things like the Eichmann trial or, or uh, I don't know, the James Baldwin, William F. Buckley debated Cambridge or, or she has uh, Burt Lahr and E.G. Marshall performing Waiting for Gatto on, um, you know, on Broadway. She has a JFK's inaugural address. There's even a clip of Marcel Marceau pretending to be stuck in a glass room, things like that. And, and the juxtaposition of the historically consequential and the banal is, is really incredibly, incredibly jarring. The effect is so disconcerting precisely, precisely because it rings so true. It, it's so familiar to all of us. I'm sure you've all participated in some family gathering or some casual dinner party or outdoor barbecue where over the course of several punishing hours you realize that, that absolutely nothing, I mean nothing, nothing of interest was said. And, and if you're anything like me, at those, at those times, at those times your, your itinerant imagination will take you to that to that dreamy place. I don't know, that dreamy place where, where I don't know, W.H. Auden might be explaining the importance of Mallarmé's wordplay, or, or, or you start reminiscing about the first time you heard a recording of Sun Ra. <sighs> I don't know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I really, I really don't know, but being able to see the world through Tata Beskova's sad, funny, brilliant lens, to, to, listen, to, to listen to some project manager at Xerox explaining why her cat will never take a dump in a scented litter box while you're watching a fuzzy dark footage of the Apollo 11 moon landing. It, it, was, like, it was like experiencing the, the charred remnants of a cultural auto de fe. It actually, it actually made me wonder, it actually made me wonder if in order, in order for us to maintain our sanity, we must first and foremost give up all hope. Anyway, the piece is called, I Mourn the Loss of Your Agency. And if you can find your way through all those 
photos of over-the-hill celebrities caught off guard and without makeup in the parking lot of Costco, or if you could sift through all the, the, the ubiquitous lists of the secrets to financial independence or the, or the half dozen ways to figure out whether your spouse is stooping the pool boy, if you can get past all that, you might be able to find, find her, her incredible piece on the, on, on, on the internet. Well, at least I like to think I'm holding my end up. My end of Western civilization. But really, in the end, like I said, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows, really, whether today's mind-numbing, soul-crushing, distracting eye candy will be tomorrow's great witness to the lives of contemporary artists.